You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry everything to you. Along with Rob Parker, I'm Doug Gottlieb, and, and welcome in. Next three hours, we got you covered. Eric Mangini will join us in about mm, 25 minutes as we'll get you ready for um, a very, very interesting weekend Nash Football League. And we, we, we still don't know how these guys, are they going to play? But, um, Rob, I think, and I don't want to say like the sports world is rocked, right? Like, John Madden honestly had been pretty much, I think, out of the minds of most NFL fans in terms of watching football for a long time, right? Um, it'd been a, it, it's, it's been a minute since he broadcast a game. That said, between the, Manning, between the Madden documentary, which came out... Um, Christmas Day. Christmas right? Day, right? And, and the fact that you know kids still play Madden. When John Madden dies at the age of 85, it, it's one of those moments where I do think that our job, and th- this is where it's it's hard to be, and I've been really young in this job. You, when you started in this job um, a long time ago. I was 22 it, years old at the Daily News in New York, Doug, 1986, so I've been around for a minute. Right, the, but the, the point is, it's really hard when you're young, and I, was, I, was, I think I was fortunate when I was, uh, when I was a kid that my dad was, whether or not his history and his recollect, recollection, remember, it's, part of it is me parroting what I heard from my dad for a long time, as well as what I read, um, but it's, it's really hard when you're in your 20s and you're a broadcaster to give true perspective on it. Uh, I have enough perspective on Madden. And I know, and, and again, part of it is me and, you know, like my entire life, I grew up playing the video game. Matter of fact, I actually talked about it yesterday on my own show, which was, I, I can't, I, I can't compete with my son right now in Madden. My son's 12 and I, he does the practice stuff some, but I play, I, I can't even get to halftime without wanting to shut the game off. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's and, that and I'm, much. I'm of the age where I've never played Madden ever. I've never even touched the thing. I played my. I played my. I've of the versions of it. I've played all but maybe one or two. Right wow. where there's one or two, and I used to when I first got into, first got into broadcasting. I'm in my mid twenties. I'm twenty six years old. Whatever. Um, I used to play it. I used to get it when it first came out. And one of the things it was good for was updating on who was where. Right. Obviously, you know all the big guys, but you got to know all the defensive players. And I would, I would, when I before I had kids, I would sit around and play video games. And one of the things I would convince myself of is if I could play every team, it would help me with my recollection of who was on what team. Right. I, I didn't like to, I didn't like to, you know, go through every roster any other way. That one just worked for me. And the last couple of years, they've had the live updating of rosters and other information, so it's it's even better. But. Uh, John Madden dies last night uh, at the age of 85. And you and I, we had the same thought, which was, what was yours? Was that nobody really knows what a great coach he was. And and we all know about the broadcast and the four networks. And I, I remember him with what I consider the best broadcasting team. And maybe it's just because... I was a kid and more impressionable, you know, but Pat Summerall and John Madden on CBS, that to me was the standard, you know, like those two guys doing football. And obviously they moved over to Fox and then he he worked uh, with Al Michaels, who's a great broadcaster as well. 
but I, I always think of John Madden and Pat Summerall. But this dude was an unbelievable coach. A young coach, you know, we talk about the Sean McVeighs or whatever. John Madden was that guy at 32. He yep. was. And the difference is John Madden was great for his 10 years as a coach with the Raiders and won a Super Bowl, had a winning, uh, never had a losing record, and made the playoffs 8 out of 10, has the highest winning percentage of any coach in NFL history that has at least 100 games coached. I mean, he was truly dynamic. And when I think about Oakland at that time, too, Doug, he was a part, you know, Oakland is now beat up and, you know, it's a, nobody talks about Oakland and they, they lost their football team. They lost their basketball twice. team. They're going to they lose their football right. team twice. Exactly. They're going to lose their baseball team, probably to Las Vegas as well. And now it's a wasteland. But back in the 70s, when John Madden won the Super Bowl with the Raiders in 77, that was a sports mecca. The Warriors. And Rick Barry won a championship in 75. The Oakland A's had a great team with Reggie Jackson and guys like that, Joe Rudy. And those guys won three World Series in a row, 72, 73, 74. Warriors won in 75, and the Raiders won in 77. So Oakland was a sports hotbed, and John Madden was a big part of that. You know, it, it really, though, is amazing. Uh, it's like Madden with the video games is George Foreman with the grill. Yep. You know? Where yep, that's a good you, way of looking at it. Some something you do in terms of an endorsement that becomes so powerful, we forget about all the other stuff. And I think, obviously, Foreman coming back and being the oldest heavyweight champion, um, uh, you know, you know, reinvigorated the oh yeah, he was a great boxer. But in terms of the the first version of George Foreman, and he kind of totally remade himself. The the other thing, the one thing about Madden that's different than a George Foreman is. He didn't really remake himself. He was always that guy. Like, his personality didn't change. It didn't become a TV personality. It was kind of one guy. But, yes, when the – I knew he was a great coach. I had forgotten it was at 32 he became a head coach. Right. And the, and, and the consistency of, of complete dominance. And whether or not it was a different era or how much you want to credit Al Davis or whatever, the, the all of the different – he was – great in everything he did right he was great as a coach he was great as a broadcaster and he was great as a endorser he was a very very unique guy who uh but the 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 video game helped him stay relevant and, and helped and, and what and the story about that right was the guys who invented it waited outside the press entrance or whatever and 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 said that they wanted to put his name on it. Like it's not people. He didn't invent it or anything. They just like like uh, I think right. you mentioned the George Foreman uh, grill. They offered that to uh, who's the uh, wrestler? Oh my God! I just Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan? first. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was offered to him. He wasn't interested in it. And uh, can you imagine kicking himself later? And and it was just hey, you want to put your name on this grill? And then they sold a gazillion grills. You know, like and George Foreman made a ton of money. They have. They had to wind up making a deal with him because of the amount of money he was making. Um, off of it. You, you know, you know that reminds me. That reminds me of when we were at the other place. You know, uh, a good friend, a good friend of mine. You, you know, John Anderson Sports Center. Sure. You remember he did Wipeout, but yep. the, the the story that that Scott Van Pelt had told when he used to have a radio show was, and maybe Rosillo told this story was, they called Van Pelt first. 
right. and offered him Wipeout. And he was like, it kind of sounds like a, like a Japanese game show, sort of. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's exactly what, it, that's exactly what it's going to be like, you know? Going to be silly like that. He's like, yeah, I'm going I'm to pass. I mean, right. John Anderson is going to go out to his mailbox for the rest of his life and get a, and get a healthy check from that show Wipeout. No doubt. Is, That's, sometimes when people pass up stuff, like even Hulk Hogan, you're doing, and all due respect, but you're a fake wrestler. Like, oh, the, the, a grill yes, is but, beneath but it also you? Speaks to, it, also speaks <laughs> to, it also speaks to just how big those guys were, right? Like, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I flew cross-country was probably about my son's age, about eleven or twelve. And I, my my late uncle, he lived in um, Stamford, Connecticut, and I I spent winter break with him one year with him and his family. And I remember getting on a plane, and it was you know you're like a junior, say like walking to the gate, or whatever. I'd pull in plenty, and Hulk Hogan was on our plane in first class, and you would have thought the Pope, or Jesus, or the President of the United States. You know, was 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 getting on the plane like that's how big Hulk Hogan was. So yes, I agree. And and Hogan's there, there's another interesting one or whatever. But yes, I guys pass on stuff all the time. Yeah, you know. And then and there's other guys that never pass on anything. No, we know those guys as well. They're on everything. I mean, Shaq's on everything. I mean, how many endorsements? But now Shaq's deal is Shaq takes equity. That's 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 his deal. Don't pay me, or if you're going to pay me, pay me a little bit. Le- pay me less. Right. right. Give me some I want, equity. I want and that's how he's built everything. Up, he, brilliant. Oh, yeah. He's built up his empire that way. No doubt. But John Madden uh, was a. Um, and when you when you talk about coaches, like great coaches in the history of the NFL, his name never comes up. Like I never. It's about Bill Belichick, Vince Lombardi, of course. Uh, who else am I thinking? I don't know if, it, if, if, if Lombardi comes up. I, just, I think the modern era of football, it's, it's just like, it's like basketball. Well, the trophy you know, we're not, we don't, we don't say Red, We don't say Red Auerbach's name. Yeah, me, we might be right. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm, I just, but I guess I, I hear think, his name more because of the trophy. You know what I mean? Like his name is still out there. And you're right, probably. Well, his name's, on a, sta- his name's on a stadium as, as well, right? right. I mean, um, I mean, or when well, no, I was on a stadium, I'm trying to the Lambo. Why I say Lombardi? That was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a major no. brain. But the trophy, right? Yes, He's the going. Lombardi Award. I, I think NFL films. Although I'm not sure how much NFL films is going to affect kids anymore. Like they just don't watch. Like they'll watch. I I I don't know if that's what we've kind of changed in how fo- what football is about. Part of what made NFL films so great, and what made the Hank Strams, and what made. Uh, was you know some of the Lombardi stuff, whatever, is that that was the only one that was the first that was like the first mic'd up type of stuff. That was the only insight. But you didn't have anything else the rest of the week. Right? No. Now you have everybody covers the NFL all the time. There's shows and a network completely dedicated to the NFL. So your your thirst for NFL, your thirst for what really goes on was there, and now you don't have it as much. But right. like, if you think about it, just talking about that aspect, for most, and people probably can't you know, believe it, but the only time we saw games out of our market or not our home teams, Doug, was on Monday Night Football when Howard yep. Cosell did the highlights around the entire league. It was must-see TV. That was the only way you could see uh, the Rams or the 49ers highlights or anything outside of and me growing up in New York, you know, Jets or Giants stuff was on Monday Night Football. 
And it was yeah. must see. It was it was just not the same now where you have access to everything. And you could be a fan of any team because you could actually see back then if you lived in New York, for the most part, you were a New York fan, right? Because yep. you just didn't have access to the other teams or information that you would need to be a fan. Well, it's 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 interesting, you know. This is Howard Cosell. I, I used to do that when I was when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> announce my announce my own games when I was shooting outside. But um, you know, when you grow up in Southern California, and my dad was a New Yorker, so he's a Giant fan. There used to be sports bars where you could only you could go and get the Giants games, Feed, or you had right. to get that you had to go get the big satellite dish. And one of the things I think most people don't understand because they didn't live in Los Angeles for the last 25 years before when there was 20 years when there's no NFL team is it actually it actually was kind of a breath of fresh air because a lot of people were not rate were not Raider fans right there there was a there's Raiders are still the most popular team in LA okay and I grew up in Orange County where the Rams played but they weren't super popular because most people were from somewhere else. So when they moved away in the early 90s, the NFL wasn't as popular as it is now. And I know you're not talking about the 70s and 80s. No, no, no. It wasn't. But, I mean, I, I, but, but, the, but the, the second but, largest market didn't have a football team for 20 Right, years. but I actually, I actually think it helped grow the popularity in L.A. because you had the best games on. You had two games on in every window. Right, I know what you're right? saying. So right. People were like, well, how come the Chargers go? Because all so, so many people or their parents moved here from a different place and they were fans of that place. But also, you got to watch all the good games. So the reason there's so many Steeler fans in Los Angeles is not just because people from Pennsylvania moved out to California. It's because the Steelers were good for the most part for 20 years. So all of their games were on in Southern California. Right. That's that's kind of the magic to it was there's lots of football fans. There's not football fans of the Chargers who are a rival, you know, or or the Rams who, even though they won in St. Louis, they weren't really popular. And so it's 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 different. But uh, getting back to it, John Madden dies at the age of 85. And as Rob pointed out, that was that was the only thing I tweeted about was his record. Like there's there's some McVay to it because he was so young. Yeah. Um, there's some Rex Ryan. He was Rex Ryan before Rex Ryan in terms of the quotes and how, you know, you, you couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say before or after the game. And then the consistency of excellence brings you thoughts of whether it's a Belichick or, you know, pick pick the guy who's been able to go a decade where he not only didn't have a it wasn't you, you almost undersell it when you say he didn't have a losing season. He didn't have close to a losing season. Right, that's how right. that's how good the guy was. I would take him over Bill Belichick and only from this standpoint. Bill Belichick obviously coached even way longer and has had won six championships, but you know, when you really, if you're honest and you, and you look through Bill Belichick's career, it's checkered. It's, there's no way around it. You can't look at it. He had the, high, the biggest fine of any NFL coach ever uh, for Spygate. There's all these allegations and things swirling around the organization. It, it's the reason, and, it's, and people say, well, everybody hates the Patriots because they win too much. I, I get that, right? People always hated the Yankees and teams that won, but but there's something where you just can't feel good about it. Like a, another shoe is going to drop at some point. Um, 
and when you talk about the Patriots and their run and you talk to the St. Louis Rams when they lost the Super Bowl, they swear up and down that the Patriots knew their plays. And, and, and there's just an element of cheating there where you talk about John Madden. There's none of that. There's just this guy was a damn good football coach, and he won. So I know, right, I'm, you know I'll, I'll, I'll push back on, on some of that uh, upcoming in the show. But let, let's let's get to this. With Rob Parker, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show on, on Fox Sports Radio. Carson Wentz, by the way, right now out with COVID, but still has a chance to play on Sunday. And, um, you know, with all the Madden talk, something is changing. It started with the CDC that's changing in sports and is going to have a dramatic effect on this weekend, on this period in sports. We'll get to it next in the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, along with Rob Parker. I'm Doug Gottlieb, Eric Mangini in a moment. Hey, rocket scientists, look no further for the next big thinker, first-in-class technology, a leader in innovation, and an intelligence not yet seen from an SUV, the 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLE. Learn more at MBUSA. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. So, um, Carson Wentz is uh, added to a list of 15 Colts players currently on the COVID list, and the Colts are, they, they take on the Raiders this weekend. They're one win away from securing a playoff spot, which, of course, leads everybody into the added debate of, you know, how should we look at Carson Wentz? And Carson Wentz was unvaccinated. I, th- I think the, the bigger news is that the, in falling in line with the CDC is the, the quarantine date, the, the, the days of quarantine after testing positive in the NFL – if your symptoms improve, it's a very, very, I mean, it's well, honestly, it sounds like the biggest load of crap ever. Well, whenever you say, right, because you can't measure if a guy comes in, if you want to hide it, Doug, and say, oh, no, I'm feeling way better than I was a couple of days ago. There's no real measure that, that you show signs of improvement. What does that mean? I mean, there's, there's no way of gauging that. Right. I felt like I was dying. Now I feel like I'm not dying. I just feel like crap. Okay. Now, now look, just full disclosure. Okay. Everybody's, I think all of our opinions on this um, are not out of, we don't understand scientific data, right? Like most of us don't understand scientific data. We're not researching it. It's our own personal perspective. And I can tell you unequivocally, I have my, like as my entire street has been, in fact, I have not. I, I am. Is that right? Your entire street? In, I'm, 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 again, I may be overstating, but like right. I, I live on a, a cul-de-sac. lot of people. I live on a cul-de-sac. Not, none of my family. My son had it a year ago. He mm-hmm. was the only one to test positive for it. Um, outside of that, no one else. But we're all vaccinated and boosted. Um, obviously, the kids can't be boosted yet. But like my my neighbor next door, uh, her and her family, they were going to Idaho. Uh, for for Christmas with the with I don't know her in laws and she tested positive she stayed home and she's been really really sick. Mm. I have a na- neighbors across the street they have uh, five boys one's a baby, but they the the boys got the older boys are all high school and one's in college they 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 got it wasn't 
wasn't that harsh, but the parents got it. They both had ran fevers over 103. And I got a buddy who's listening now, my boy Matt in Kansas City. He's he had a 104 for two days, and that's and scary. He's a, and he's also that guy who he's my one friend who, on a yearly basis, spends time in the hospital. It's always something, right? If, if you're going to catch something or hurt something, that's that guy. Right. And his his text to me was, "I've had a lot of things. This is the worst I've ever felt in my life." And then we have a there's a family friend, there's a whole family they've gotten sick, and they really like the dad was borderline going to the hospital and they've gotten some antibody injections or whatever. So I, I understand that we read, we, we read stories and we hear, well, in South Africa, it seems to be more mild. This is, it spreads more, more, but look, more mild could mean you're not going to die from it or not as many people die from it. People will still die from it. You're going to feel terrible. You just, if not vaccinated, you, might not go to the hot you won't go to the hospital now so i mean it's again and it depends some people have had it very mild i do think it's it's curious i don't know if you saw this the cdc has said this the quarantine period should cut but that's for vaccinated people that's not what the nfl's policy is right it's for vaccinated or unvaccinated which is different and a lot of that the cdc i think it was pressure right from is it the delta ceo who was complaining about, you know, well, everybody's you know, everybody's complained about it. But, yeah, I, you know, about and, 10 days, you know, like if we, if we remove an employee for 10 days, it has a financial uh, hardship on a company. And, yes. and why does it have to be 10 days if they're not showing any signs or uh, they're asymptomatic or whatever? It, it's it's a slippery slope. But but I'm with you. Uh, I'm always going to err, err on the side of caution because I've seen it firsthand with people uh, my niece currently in new york is dealing with it and a close some close friends uh have it and are scared and we saw last year tnt's and um nba.com seku smith remember when he died doug I, yeah. like that really hurt me we had him on the odd couple December 23rd, I'll never forget, we laughed, we joked, we got information about the NBA, and then January 26th, I'm told he's, he's gone. And it, it just, he was in his 40s, wife, three kids, it was shocking to me. And so, I, I'm one of those guys who's just serious about it. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm always, I've, always, I'm, I've never been, I, I've never gotten a flu shot before in my life. My, my family's always gotten flu shots, I never got a flu shot. Um, I've, I've been up on all these shots and, you know, we, in all candor, we, I have a basketball program that, that I run for 11 year olds, actually 10 year olds until, you know, 14 year olds. And we, we played through the pandemic and it probably like in hindsight, I don't know what was smart or what wasn't smart in terms of washing hands and wearing masks and whatever we did, whatever we were allowed to do, whatever we've been allowed to do. But the NFL has changed their policy, and now it's a waiting game on a Carson Wentz. And my guess is, miraculously, he's going to feel a little bit better by the time we get to Sunday, which could save the Colts uh, from from playing with so many w- without so many important pieces right. as they take on the Raiders to get to the playoffs. But that, that's really the story of the NFL is not necessarily just about who's good, but who's healthy and how it affects you. And, you know, like the last couple of weeks you've been watching games like I didn't even know. I didn't know who that person is, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, let's begin. Eric Mangini, who joins us, of course. Eric Mangini, you mean. He was he's a former head coach of the Jets and and the Browns. B- by the way, Eric, um, j- just 
just so you know, we, we start by talking about John Madden and how ridiculously successful he was as a coach, yet because of the power of the video game, I don't know if that, that story is told enough, obviously now with him passing away at 85. As a guy who was a head coach at a very young age in the NFL, what, what are, when, you, when you hear the name John Madden, what do you think? Well, it's so interesting that, that you bring up the video game because my kids only know <clears throat> Madden from the video game, and it's been such a big part of, of them learning football. And I think it's been a big part of, of so many people learning football, whether it's, whether it's exposure to the plays or the coverages or the classic teams where they, they get to uh, learn about some of the greatest players of all time. That, that's, been, that's been great. For, for anybody who wants to, to learn more about it. I was recently doing an interview in Australia and they asked me a way that Australians could learn more about football and actually I brought up Madden. Uh, for, for me too, it, it goes back to, to being a kid because I remember I was very young when the, the, he was coaching for the Raiders, but I remember those teams and, and his, his presence and my older brother Scott loved, loved the Raiders at the time. But I, I remember more sitting with my dad and watching games and hearing him talk about what John Madden meant as, as a sportscaster and, and the way that he taught the game and, and what that meant to, to my dad to, to be able to learn football from someone like that. It, it was different than the way that, that he talked about, about anybody else. And I think that's what he did so well you hear about what he did as a coach and and as a broadcaster and all goes back to to teaching and being able to take what can be very complicated at times and and create it or or put it in a in a platform that's much more easily digestible and then that then that much more enjoyable for everybody who's who's doing it eric when you look at and, and people of course will read the old bid and start to do a little research on their own and and read, but but when you look at his coaching career, ten years a Super Bowl, hired at thirty-two years old, never came close to a losing season, made the playoffs eight times out of ten years. I mean, it's phenomenal, and he has the highest winning percentage of any coach in their career with a, with a minimum of a hundred games coached. He's got to be ranked as one of the greatest coaches who coached in the NFL, but his name hardly ever comes up. Yeah, and, and I imagine because you know there's there's a little bit of hesitation. I, I know some some playoff appearances where maybe they weren't as successful as people had anticipated them to be. But he his record is incredible. And remember the type of teams that he was winning with. They were talented, but they weren't your your traditional teams they had a lot of challenging personalities and they had a lot of different characters and and that was the identity of the Raiders and it's hard as a coach to get everybody on the same page when you have a lot of guys who are are very similar to each other and then when you've got a lot of big personalities to be able to do that the way that he did it that's 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 impressive it's impressive to win that much it's impressive to win with with the types of teams that he had and then remember, Al Davis was a gigantic personality too, and, and very involved. So he had to navigate through the hands-on owner before there were really a lot of hands-on owners. 
Eric Mangini, our guest here on the Dan Patrick Show with Rob Parker. I'm Doug Gottlieb. All right, let's let's get to the uh, the, the actual play on the football field. Has the league figured out Mac Jones? I, I don't think that's a fair assessment. You got to give Mac Jones a, a ton of credit for what he's been able to do as, as a rookie, and we lose track of that. We see a bunch of veteran quarterbacks throughout the course of the year where they go through their their ups and downs. Most notably, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, here's a guy who's incredibly accomplished, and, and he struggled through points of the season. Uh, it's 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 not figured out. I do think that more people are playing tight man-to-man coverage and, and pressuring, which is something that he struggled with early in the season and, and I think is, is probably the way that you have to go uh, until they can make people pay for doing that. Right now, if you if you play a lot of zone coverage, you don't put a lot of pressure on him. He's, he's going to make the right reads. He's going to get the ball to the right place. He's going to throw a catchable ball. And when you play that tight coverage and now you're pressuring, especially up the middle, because he's not a mobile guy, he's got to make quicker decisions. He's got to make throws into tighter coverage, and and I think that's that's harder. And the way you typically talk people out of that is you throw the ball deep, and you you get some big plays, and now your the risk reward isn't isn't as great. So that's something to me that he has to do a better job with, or, or it's just gonna it's like sharks to blood. It just keeps coming in the volume. Increases dramatically. Does, does he have it, Eric? Does he have it in him? Does, does he have it in him? Yeah. I look the the way that he's navigated through this, and the way that he's been able to to operate really at a high efficiency level for where he is in his development. It's it's impressive. That that's hard to do. And he's done it well. So do I think he can figure out ways to keep improving? Yeah, I think he should He should continue to improve. And, and he's in such a good system for his skill set. They're going to find answers. Eric, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it seemed like the narrative was Tom Brady, 44 years old, going to win an MVP, unbelievable, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, appears to have overtaken Tom Brady in that race. How surprised are you that, considering the first game of the year, Aaron Rodgers was terrible, the Packers got demolished by the Saints, to where he is uh, where uh, with a chance of winning a back-to-back MVP at, at his age? Well, it's I, I would say the first game of the season was more surprising and the fact that he has a chance to win back-to-back MVPs. And you look at the Packers overall, there's not really one offensive or defensive category where they're, they're knocking it out of the park. I mean, they're kind of middle of the road in, in a lot of those categories. And the difference is, is him and uh, his, his presence. Forget about what he can do, you know, athletically and, and, and competitively. It's He's, he's had a very calming presence on, on that team. Now, you couldn't say that going in, you know, when we looked at the offseason last right. year, but since he's been back on the field, it's it's one of those things where with Tom Brady in New England, you could come off on the sideline, you knew as long as you had Tom, you had a chance. And you just had to hold up your end of the bargain, and he was going to figure out a way to, to win it when he got the ball back. It's like that with, with Aaron. I'm sure there's a collective understanding and confidence that as long as we do 
generally what we need to do, Aaron's going to be the difference in the game. Eric Mangini uh, is our guest. Um, another team you obviously used to coach was the Browns. What, what do they do long-term with, with Baker? And I do think that the idea of getting rid of him at the end of this year is really hard, obviously. you got the fifth-year option they picked up. But how do you think they navigate through um, his desires for a contract extension, the fact that other extensions, and they have that fifth-year option hanging out there? Well, they don't, they don't need to do anything. They can go into next year with the, with the fifth-year option. And even after the fifth-year option, you could, you could potentially franchise them and you get into a little bit of, of a Kirk Cousins-type situation where you, you pay as you go. And Washington didn't have a conviction on Kirk. And, and I don't know if Minnesota, looking back, would say that's a, what they did in terms of free agency and bring them in and paying what they did whether they think that's a plus decision, a minus decision, but you can you have some time to, to see whether or not you're going to make uh, another jump with Baker, whether this is where he is. But the frustrating thing to me with him is I thought he showed a lot of maturity in, in the off season in terms of not talking, not getting into fights with with people in the media, not talking about things that have no significance whatsoever. And then what was it last week where he's he's bringing up there's internal issues that people don't know about like well I don't get that there's no reason for that there's no reason to deflect your performance or try to deflect it onto something some mysterious in-house problem like that that stuff to me is gets gets old it gets old quick and and I'm sure frustrating from an organizational standpoint. Eric, there's a job opening in Jacksonville. Are you interested in being a head coach again? <laughs> Look, I think that everybody's interested in being a head okay, no, coach again. <laughs> no, I wanted yeah. to ask you, give you a chance to just tell so people if they want to know. And I do want to know, would it, would it be fair to say that hiring a college coach is probably not going to be on their slate after what happened with Urban Meyer down there? Look. The, the uh, the college game, the pro game is is dramatically different, and and I I think we see that pretty much every year, every uh, every other year. It takes time to transition into into this game versus what what you're having in college. Yeah, I would say they should probably go with someone with a with a pro background. I'd probably go the coordinator route. My pick would be Brian Dayball from. From Buffalo, I think what he's done with Josh Allen has been impressive. He shows that he can develop young talent. And what about Jim Caldwell, who was with the Lions and got them to the playoffs and got unceremoniously dumped I, I, in Detroit? Yeah, I think Jim is is another really good option as well. You you know Trent Alke is going to have a very strong hand in in every decision. That, that's made there from a personnel perspective. So whoever you bring in has to be willing to to work in in that, in that context. You know, I look Jim Caldwell got a, a a rough deal, and to see him get an opportunity like that, I think would be great. Uh, Eric, what, what what happens in what happens in Las Vegas now um, with with Mayock? Yeah, that's that's. That's a good question because you don't really know how much pull he had. 
did he control the draft and, and John controlled free agency? Did they did they share those those roles? He didn't have final say. So how many of these these draft picks can you say? Okay, they're his draft picks, and and I don't I don't know that. That's a I, hopefully the owner knows that, and and can assess him based on what he's, you know, what he actually did. Now he set up the draft board, I'm sure, and and um, he he set the the table for a lot of things, but without knowing what what are those decisions, good and bad, he really controlled. It's tough to assess him as as the as the GM. I would think that they they probably clean house and and start over. You know, go with a new administration. Yeah. 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 Eric, uh, happy New Year to you. Happy uh, New Year, Eric. Hey, I'm coming to Cleveland thanks. for the All Star Game. Don't duck me this time when I come to Cleveland. <laughs> Rob, I will be happily happy to have you over and and entertain you and hear you. Badmouth Tom Brady for 14 <laughs> hours in a row. <laughs> All right, I can't that wait. That should be your New Year's resolution, Rob. That should be your New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution to let that, let, that, let, let that one die. Let, let that, that let one that, go. Oh, Got to let that one go. That's, that, that's not, if that's the hill you want to die on, consider right. yourself deceased, and uh, we'll, we'll send you back. Uh, Eric, happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Right, yeah, we'll talk soon, my man. Stay well. All right, All speaking right, of Brian okay. Dayball, um, he's the OC of the Buffalo Bills. How dangerous are they? We'll discuss that upcoming next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Good morning to you. Happy New Year. I mean, it's not New Year yet, but it's you're quite all right wishing people a happy New Year. Doug Gottlieb and Rob Parker in for Dan and the Dan Nets here on the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, you just heard Eric Mangini talk about um, Brian Dayball, and it's interesting. People were critical of Brian Dayball when Josh Allen wasn't playing well for a couple of weeks, and now Brian Dayball is a genius because they go in and they hammer the Buffalo Bills. Um, I mean, they hammer the New England Patriots. Where are you on the Bills in terms of their viability here getting ready for the postseason? I I like them a lot. I think that, uh, you know, they had their big hiccups losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the game, if you remember, where they didn't even score a touchdown in that game. I mean, so I think a lot of people said, oh, they're not, you know, they had the great year last year, but they're not the same. And they were going the other way. And remember, they started the year, I don't know, Doug, was it week two or three where they beat – they beat the brakes off of uh, Kansas City in Kansas City. Uh, so you saw that early on, and they looked like they were uh, going to be great. And then you saw the lull and the bad games. But that was a big game in Foxborough. And, Doug, the play that uh, really, to me, was the game was Josh Allen on that fourth down where he had to make a move. He could have easily been sacked uh, for a loss. And do you remember the move I'm talking about? The, yes. Yeah, just incredible. That's that's all him, where a defender has him dead to rights, and he just sidesteps this guy with a move. 
And the thing that, despite all of the the records not beautiful, nine and six, some of the losses are terrible, but their top three uh, in the NFL in total deep uh, team defense and total team offense, top three in each of them. No other NFL team is there. So I think they're scary. If they get it together, that was a big win. They got dominated and embarrassed by the Patriots up in Buffalo, um, only to come back in an important game and beat them in New England. Um, so I like the Buffalo Bills and the AFC going in. I mean, I know Kansas City is there. Uh, the Ravens are down and out. Um, so I look at Buffalo and I look at Kansas City, but I think Buffalo is going to be a tough out. No, I, I think they are too. I also think they're they're built more to stop. They're not built to stop the Patriots the way the Patriots played. Um, you know, going to Buffalo, whereas they're they're built to beat Kansas City, who they've already be, who they've already beaten. Um, the AFC is interesting. You know, like I I want to buy into them, but as you point out, they lost to Jacksonville. I want to buy into the Chargers, and even though they're I missing, can't half, buy into the Chargers. Oh my God. It was bad, but you know, bad. you also you also got to factor in the fact they didn't have you know half their team. Although the Texans didn't have half their team, right? But but they got they didn't lose to the Texans. I mean, they got their butts kicked. I I, I was surprised. weren't you surprised at that? I was uh, ab- absolutely surprised. I I was I was stunned by it. Stunned by it. Um, but again, like you know, it's like you're there's no Derwin James. There's no Joey Bosa. You know, there's no Austin Eckler. Like, that's a, a dramatically different team than the one, if they make the playoffs, would be out there. So, um, you know, we circle back around, and at the end of the day, you're like, all right, it still goes through Kansas City if you want to get there. And, yes, we saw Buffalo winning Kansas City, but can you, can you do it? Can you do it again, and can you do it in January? That's a that's a different question. No doubt, and especially Kansas City has gotten righted. They were teetering on, uh, you know, going the other way. It was bad. They they looked terrible, and now they've got righted the ship. So you're right. No, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch as we get ready uh, get ready for the playoffs, the the AFC, because. Because though Kansas City does, there's also, you could point to, hey, some of those teams weren't great, but now they're finding a way. Now the offense is clicking to go along with the defense, which is dramatically improved. And, you know, the things we had questions about seems to be answered as of now. We'll see. But I agree with you. Buffalo, a very dangerous team. All right, coming up next, the Lakers beat the Rockets. LeBron and Westbrook each had triple doubles. But Kareem had something to say about LeBron. We'll get to it next.